0: Welcome, leaders and friends, to the weekly podcast that offers support for church leaders who want to help their church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and this is the Effective Church Leaders podcast. Alexander Campbell. He lived from 1788 to 1866, and he was undoubtedly the most influential leader in the early years of the American Restoration Movement. Much of that influence was exercised in two journals, He edited The Christian Baptist and The Millennial Harbinger. In this podcast, I want to share with you some of his writings from the 1830 Millennial Harbinger and my impressions after reading those excerpts. You might wonder what relevance something written in 1830 would have for the modern day church. Well, I want to explain that relevance, but I won't venture into those waters until the end of this podcast. So, I beg you to please listen to the very end. In the March 1st, 1830 edition of The Harbinger, Campbell responded to certain editors in general and editors who had disagreed with him and to a Mr. Brantley in particular. Listen to this response to some of his critics. Often have I said and often have I written that truth, truth eternal and divine, is now and long has been with me the pearl of great price. To her I will, with the blessing of God, sacrifice everything. With my whole heart I have sought the truth, and I know that I have found it, not all truth, but the life-giving truth of Jesus. Then he added this interesting note. I have given my readers both sides of all controversies, my own side, so to speak, and the side of my opponent's. Few, if any, of the papers devoted to religion have taken this course. They who have some sectarian or party cause to serve must take this course, that is, present only one side in a controversy. They dare take no other, Campbell wrote. It will never do to let people have both sides. It would ruin the whole concern. I will venture to predict that Mr. Brantley will not let his readers hear what I have to say. At all events, I will permit my readers to hear both sides and to judge for themselves. In reply to a brother, Clack, who publicly disagreed with Campbell on some biblical question, Campbell penned these words. My readers of the Harbinger, in the aggregate, are not of my views more than they are of yours, but... Whether or not you shall have a fair hearing and every reasonable facility afforded you in correcting any of my errors, well, you'll have it. While ever I conduct a press, it shall be a free press, and my readers shall hear both sides. I will always judge for myself, and they shall have the same opportunity. Be assured that your arguments shall be weighed and examined, and responded to, if a response become necessary, in all Christian candor and in all regard for your Christian character, and believe me, without guile, yours affectionately, A. Campbell. Finally, I want you to hear Campbell's reply to a Robert B. Semple in the same March 1830 harbinger. Semple and Campbell were disagreeing on what the New Testament taught regarding the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation, and here are Campbell's words. After the most minute, patient, devout, and long-protracted examination, after hearing all objections and examining them with care, I am more and more confirmed in the conclusion which I had come in my debate with Mr. McCullough in 1823. I will, however, examine and regard with all attention whatever you may please to offer upon that question which embraces the whole subject. Now, let's talk briefly about why I've brought up these excerpts from the Millennial Harbinger. I know you're anxious to hear that. I could highlight his energetic, determined pursuit of the truth and how we, too, need to be just as dogged in our continuing search for a more complete understanding of the truth of God's Word. We could make much of his magnanimous spirit, one which he demonstrated even for those who disagreed with him, and how he gave to his critics and opponents the highest motives. We could learn a lesson here about how we should see and treat those who disagree with us. We could talk about his willingness to examine the views of others with an open mind and give to others, after weighing the options and the evidence, the freedom to judge for themselves the validity of those views. That, too, would be worthy of imitation. But as valuable as all of these lessons are, they are not those I want to highlight in this podcast. I want to talk about Campbell's openness to dialogue and robust debate. Campbell was not afraid to consider all options, all interpretations of the scriptures, to place them side by side and examine them. He was unafraid of the free expression of ideas. I think it may be true that most churches today tend to repress open dialogue. Now, I must grant that I cannot comment on what most churches do, since I don't have experience in most churches. And perhaps the church to which you belong or the churches in your experience do, in fact, promote the free expression of ideas. If that is so, well, that's wonderful. However, my gut feeling would be that your church is atypical. Permit me to offer some anecdotal evidence, and that's all it is, anecdotal evidence. I know personally of people who have left the church altogether because they felt no freedom to ask questions or express opinions. We wring our hands over those who have left the church. We are especially concerned that many from our younger generations have left. Perhaps one of the reasons is that they do not feel the church is a safe place where they can ask their questions and express their doubts. They want and need such a place, but alas, the church of their youth is not that place. So, they look elsewhere for answers to their questions, and for a place where their faith can become real and authentic. I know of Bible class members who say privately to classmates what they will not say in class for fear of disapproval or ostracism. They wonder, what would people think of me if I expressed a different point of view? How might they respond if I suggested an alternative interpretation on some Bible passage than the ones traditionally offered? I could be blackballed. People might wonder about my faith. So they just remain quiet, never asking their questions and never expressing their doubts. I know of Bible class teachers who were removed as teachers simply for asking questions. It's as if they were expected to affirm some official interpretation of a Bible passage or affirm what has always been believed and taught among us regarding a Bible passage. By the way, that is the very definition of a creed, a statement of belief or official interpretation of the Bible to which churches expect their members to adhere. Human creed making is something we should adamantly resist and which we have adamantly resisted in the past. Why do we squelch discussion, questions, and opinions about what the Bible teaches? What are we afraid of? I've heard my dad say several times that the truth is a lion that walks the streets. That lion is afraid of no one, and that lion needs no protector. Just as a lion has no need to be defended, neither does the truth. For those who only seek the truth, there is no need to defend this or that position. The truth can defend itself. And for those who seek the truth, as Campbell did with his whole heart, there is nothing to fear when truth becomes known. Let's welcome open dialogue in our churches. Let's encourage robust debate. And let's communicate to others and to one another that the church is a place where people may feel safe and free to express their doubts, and ask their questions without fear of reprisal. After all, who are we? We are truth seekers, in search of truth, and in search of an authentic faith.